It's good to be with you, everybody. And thank you for joining on our Facebook Live. This morning we are starting our new sermon series, Touching the Father's Heart. The month of September we didn't have a sermon series. We just had different people sharing insights that they were learning at the time. But this sermon series, Touching the Father's Heart, um, should be a really good time. We're going to be looking at passages where Jesus and the Gospels of Matthew and John directly kind of share what the Father is like. Over a year ago, Jeff, Josh, and I sat down and we looked at what the overall sermon theme for the year of 2020 was going to be. And for this year of 2020, our theme for all of our sermon series is experiencing the Father's heart or discovering the Father's heart. This year of 2020 has been a little different, so we've obviously deviated a lot from that with the pandemic, and we've switched a lot of the sermon series around when we were online, and with Jeff stepping away, everything has kind of changed up. But this sermon series um, we're very excited for, and this one that we've planned for a long time. But instead of Jeff preaching this sermon series, we're going to we're very blessed, and we're going to have different people from our congregation share. So each week we're going to have a different insight from a different person, looking at a different passage in either the Gospel of John or Matthew, and we're going to get back to what the Father's heart is like. We're going to explore in the Gospels what Jesus shares what his Father's heart is like. I want to start off today on a somber note. Uh, my grandfather recently passed away a couple weeks ago, and um, yesterday we had his memorial service. A couple weeks ago we had um, his uh, graveside service, and it's been really cool to hear stories about my grandfather. My grandfather uh, suffered from Parkinson's for the last, uh, in the last phase of his life. And uh, I'm one of the younger, younger grandkids, so I didn't get to know him too well before his Parkinson's started to set in, and he kind of changed a little bit. And so it's been really good um, to gather with my extended family. We have, my extended family hadn't seen each other for a while, obviously with the pandemic. And so just to gather together and hear stories about, about my grandfather has been really cool the two times we've gathered. Hearing stories from my older cousins, hearing stories from my aunts and uncles, hearing stories my uh, grandpa's sister shared, hearing stories from other people has been really cool because when you hear those stories, you really kind of connect. Hear stories about my grandfather, hear what he was like back in the day. It really kind of shares insight into who I am. Learning from your grandparents, learning from your great-grandparents, those kind of stories define who you are, where you've come from. Gives you meaning, gives you purpose. And so, just as I learn from my older cousins, learn from my aunts and uncles, stories about my grandfather. We're doing something very similar in this sermon series. We're going to be learning from our big brother Jesus as he kind of shares about what our heavenly father is like. We have never got the opportunity to meet 
our Heavenly Father. But luckily, in the Gospels, Jesus shares what our Heavenly Father is like. In this passage that we're looking at today in John chapter 14, we see that Jesus and His Father, Jesus and our Father, have a really good, trusting relationship. So this morning we're going to be looking at John chapter 14. But before we dive in, let me pray for us. Dear Lord, pray that this morning we can be connected to you. Pray that this morning that you give us a sense of peace and calmness as we connect to your heart. I pray that we listen. I pray for guidance. I pray that we connect with your heart. Amen. We're looking at John chapter 14. Starting in verse 1, we'll go through about verse 14. Jesus, the way to the Father. Verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I'm going. And you always know the way to where I'm going. Thomas replied, Don't we know, Lord? Oh, sorry, I missed the no. Matters a lot. No, we don't, Lord. We don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you have known who my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me, does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This passage of John 14 comes during John's account of the Last Supper. So Jesus washes his disciples' feet in John 13. Jesus predicts Judas's betrayal and later in John 13. And then he's has this conversation with the disciples. He knows what's coming. Jesus knows what's coming. This is the last kind of preparation talk that Jesus has given. He starts out 
the first thing he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. This theme of trust, I think, is prevalent throughout this text. He may not say trust as blatantly as he does in this verse, but we see how much trust there is here. He commands us to trust the Father and to trust him. And we will see just how much Jesus and the Father trust each other. That trust is modeled for us. He goes on to say that there is a place prepared for us in the Father's home. This place prepared for us in the Father's home means that when we die, when we go to heaven, when we go to the kingdom, there is a place prepared for us there. But yet, I think there's more to it than just that. In Bible class, the, scholar, the word the scholars always use is the now but not yet kingdom. Jesus has ushered in the kingdom here and now. But yet, the kingdom is not yet realized. When we pass away, we'll be in the full fullness of the kingdom. But yet, the kingdom is ushered in here and now, is what Jesus tells us. The kingdom is here and now. And so, the kingdom, with the kingdom being here, there's a place prepared for us here. There's a role prepared for us here. There's a way that God is planning to comfort us here and now. We think of this passage as God comforting us when we pass away, when we go to heaven, and we'll ultimately be comforted. But yet, I think it's also saying that there's a plan for him to comfort us now as well. And then he talks about where he's going. And Thomas is very confused about all this talk. Thomas asks him, Lord, we have no idea what you're saying. Help us out here. And so Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not very direct. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What does Jesus mean by he's the way, the truth, and the life? Well, um, one commentary I've read says that they think that the better translation to this would be to say that Jesus is saying that he is the true way to life. And Jesus points to how him and the Father are interconnected. If I was a disciple hearing Jesus talk here, I'd be so confused. This passage, this I am the way, the truth, and life, no one can come through the Father except through me. He's talking very grandiose terms. It's no wonder why the disciples are so confused here. Jesus says, no one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip then replies, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Philip says, look, we still don't know what you're talking about here. Jesus replied, pretty much repeats himself. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. 
or at least believe because of the work you've seen me do. So over these next couple weeks in the sermon series, we're going to be looking at times where Jesus talks directly about the Father. We're going to be looking, most of the passages we're going to be looking at, Jesus says, the Father is like this. Or the Father, this is the characteristics of the Father. And so we're going to be looking at direct descriptions of the Father. But yet here, we see that we can also see the Father through, through Jesus. Jesus is saying here that he is authorized to speak on behalf of the Father. Every word that Jesus says, the Father is also saying. There is such a trust between the Father and the Son that every word that the Son says, the Father absolutely agrees with. That level of trust is pretty unheard of. Imagine my grandfather was a farmer, and so I'm going to use an example of a farmer because I'm thinking about that. So imagine there is a family farm, and the dad that runs the family farm is out of town. And dad's out of town, and the son is the one tasked with running the family farm with the father out of town. Someone comes to the family farm, has a question. They've never met the son before. But if the son really has been trained well by his dad, the person that comes to the family farm will know exactly who the son is because they'll act, they will have, they'll carry the weight of the father. Let's say that there's the um, milking equipment salesperson comes to the farm. The milking equipment salesperson, if the son has a good relationship with the father, the milking salesperson equipment person can just talk to the son and ask all the questions to the son because the son is authorized to act on behalf of the farmer. Or what if the farmer's out of town and the cow gets sick? Does the father trust the son to make decisions? Does it, does the son have the trust to make huge decisions with the father gone? Or does in any family business, if the older generation that's in charge of the family business, if they're out of town, does the younger generation have that trust? Or simply in our families, do we trust our younger generations? I'm not saying this to try to get up in our face, but just to point out how crazy it is that level of trust between the father and the son. See, they don't have a family business, but what they do have is their own unique version of family business. They have God's kingdom, the heavenly kingdom. The father has been in charge of the heavenly kingdom since the beginning of time. And with Jesus coming to the earth, Jesus is now the representative. Jesus is the boots on the ground leader of the heavenly kingdom. And the Father has so much trust in the Son that every word that the Son says is practically as if the Father is saying it. They have such a good relationship. Um, Someone spoke at my grandpa's memorial service yesterday, and this person that spoke um, lived with my grandparents for a period of time, and he uh, worked for the farm. He was a hired hand for the farm. And he told a story that one time my grandpa was out of town at a convention. And this man, the hired hand, was tasked with being the point person for the farm with my grandpa being gone. 
And he said that my grandpa called him up one night and he said, well, how's it going? And this man, the hired hand, said, well, such and such a cow died. And this cow that died was apparently the prize cow. They had a contract out. My grandpa was big into genetics. And this cow, they had a contract out. And the point is, this was one of the best cows they had. And it just died. And so my grandpa asked the hired hand. He said, well, what happened? What did you do? And the hired hand explained to him what happened with the cow. Explained to him how he tried to help the cow. And he said that there's nothing that could be done. And it just passed away. And the guy telling the story said that my grandpa said, well, I would have done the same exact thing. And, said, and told him that you did everything right, and it happens. And when my grandpa got back, he never said, he never brought it up again to the hired hand. This man knew that my grandpa trusted him to make a decision. We're talking about a father-son relationship. This man wasn't even my grandpa's son, but yet my grandpa still trusted him to make that decision. That kind of trust, I'm bragging on my grandpa a little bit, that kind of trust is pretty unheard of. That's kind of, that kind of trust is something that I want to do, to be able to trust people like that. To be able to have the people in your life that you trust them to make that kind of decision. That kind of trust is how the father and the son here work. And so for us to look at the father's heart, we can see the kind of the parenting style that our Heavenly Father has. He has such a good relationship with His Son that they are completely on the same page. They have that kind of trust. And as we will see here in this next passage, in this next part, verses 12 to 14, this kind of trust kind of gets passed down to us. Verse 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Jesus has healed people He's made paralyzed people walk. He's made blind people see. He's cured every kind of illness. He's turned water into wine. He's done all kinds of miracles. He's brought back people from the dead. And he's telling his disciples that they're going to do even greater works than him. Jesus is passing on the torch to the next generation. He's telling the disciples that they also are going to be trusted to be the leaders of this heavenly kingdom on the earth. If I'm a disciple and Jesus is telling me that we're going to do even greater things than he did, I'm losing my mind. Like, it's literally not possible. Literally is not possible. Well, it is possible because Jesus says, well, Jesus is going to be the one doing it. We're asking him. It's us doing the works. It's the disciples doing the works. But Jesus is the one doing it. And after this section, in verses 15 through whenever, Jesus, the title is Jesus Promises the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, the benefit that the disciples have, that we now have, is the Holy Spirit is here among us. 
So in the context of this Last Supper, Jesus has given the final instructions to his disciples. He's letting them know, look, you need to trust in me. He shows and talks about the level of trust between the Father and the Son. And we are supposed to trust the Father. And Jesus has developed this relationship with with his disciples. He has mentored them. He has shown them what it's about. And now Jesus is saying, just as the Father passed the baton to me, I'm now passing the baton to you. I trust you, just as the Father trusts me, to be the leaders of this kingdom. And what the disciples and what the apostles did is they did the same thing to the next generation. They trusted the next generation to be the leaders. Jesus and Father trust every generation of leaders to lead on their behalf here in this kingdom, in the heavenly kingdom here on earth. And every generation raises up the next generation of leaders so that they can be the next generation to lead. This is what our Heavenly Father is like. He knows that he's a good leader. He knows that he developed his son, Jesus. He knows that they have developed the next generation of leaders well. And he trusts them to lead. He trusts us, his followers, to lead, to act on his behalf. He trusts every one of us to make good decisions to be good representatives of the heavenly kingdom. I don't know about you, but that kind of trust, it feels really good when people trust you like that. As we're exploring this theme of discovering the Father's heart, this language of talking about the Father, some of us didn't have great father figures in our lives. Some of us didn't have great paternal figures or great, um, or some of us didn't have grandparents that modeled it well. Others, like myself, are very fortunate that I have really good parental figures in my life that modeled this really well. So for some of us, we haven't had that level of trust passed on. Because the way that Jesus is showing it here is that Every generation learns from the generation before, gains that trust. And so the next generation, the older generation, authorizes the younger generation to speak on their behalf if that trust is had. Some of us haven't had that model to us. Some of us don't have a father figure or a or figures in our life that show us this kind of trust, respect, and love. And so for the overarching sermon series, this metaphor of talking about the Father's heart can be kind of difficult for us. But the reason that Jesus talks about the Father and the Trinity, talks about the Father, is it gives us a metaphor of what God is like. He's like that father that's, he's the perfect father that raised his kids perfectly, that trusts us, that has that relationship with us. When we think about growing closer 
to the Father's heart. Most of the time, we think about growing closer to the Father's heart because it's what we're supposed to do. But ultimately, as we grow closer to the Father's hearts, we're called to be responsible. A father raises his kids from the time they're wee little, and the kids connect with the father, and the father raises the kids. But ultimately, as the kids grow older, the kids, inher- the kids get more and more trust from the parents over time. And ultimately, the kids are more and more responsible, have more and more, say, housework to do, have, have to start to mow in the yard, have start to give, start to be given more and more responsibility. And in this example, say that the family is on a farm or the family has a family business, slowly over time, the kids are given little, little tasks building up over time. And as this is going on, the parents are always connecting with the kids. Always love the kids simply because they love them, but also modeling this over time. And for us, we're in the position of the kids. We're the ones that since infants we've been connecting to our Father. But as we look at these passages, it's important for us to remember that as we learn about the Father's heart, as we connect to the Father, we also are the next generation called, the next generation trusted to be the leaders of the heavenly kingdom. That is what our Father's heart is. Our Father wants to be in a relationship with us. Our Father doesn't want to do it alone. Our Father calls and equips us to act on His behalf. As the worship band comes forward, This passage, I think, is really cool because it shows us the relationship between the two. This passage shows us the relationship between the two, between the Father and the Son. We can learn a lot from the Father by seeing how He parents His Son, seeing how He he relates, how he loves the other parts of the Trinity, how he reacts and is in relationship with the Son. And for these next six weeks, we're going to be exploring the theme of touching the Father's heart. We're going to be sitting down, listening to stories that Jesus shares as he shares about what his Father, what our Heavenly Father is like. We're really blessed to have Different people share each week. We're not just going to hear from me or a one single person each week. A different, we're going to have a different person kind of share their view on things. Each of us have different gifts, and we're very blessed to have different people share and to learn from a lot of different people over this sermon series. I'm really looking forward to it. I know the bridge team is really looking forward to it. And it's going to be really cool looking and hearing what our Father is like what his heart is like, seeing what his characteristics and see what his love entails for all of us. And for this morning, I challenge us to think about how we are entrusted, how we are called to enter into relationship with our Father, just as Jesus is in such a good relationship with his Father. Dear Lord, thank you 
for the ways that you show us your heart. Thank you for sending your son down to share with us what you're like. Thank you for trusting us, and thank you for all you've done for us. Amen.